We are so glad to have you here this morning. In a moment, we're going to take our offering. If you're a guest with us, you don't have to, to give to that. But what you can do for us is we'd love to keep in touch with you. So there is a card in the seat, underneath the seat in front of you that you could fill out for us if you want us to get in touch with you. Um, you may want to stay away, but uh, if you want us to get in touch with you, go ahead and fill that out and put it in the offering as it comes around. One thing I just want to acknowledge to you this morning is um, that uh, for Heather and I, this is a, a season of change, and we have three weeks left with you. And so um, as, as sad as it is for us, we are excited about the call that God has put on us. And, um, but just we really want to be here and just enjoy the, the three weeks that we have with you till the end of February. And we want to say again and continue to reiterate this to you is that we love you. And um, it has been a joy to serve alongside of you. And, uh, and we are excited about what God's calling us to, but we love you guys and we're going to miss you. And so we just want to worship together. Um, I'm going to pray for us. We are having some technical difficulties, so please just, um, just be free to listen to the words. If you know the songs, um, then you can sing them with us. But just listen and let the Spirit of God just open up your heart uh, to get ready to hear His Word and to be changed by Him. Because we believe that you can come to church as you are but that God is faithful enough and he loves us enough not to keep us that way, not to leave us that way. So let's pray together. God, um, we are here just in your presence and we know that you are a powerful God. However hard or easy life is right now, Father, we want to claim truth in our lives this morning to fight the lies that Satan will continually feed us about ourselves, God. Um, but in Jesus, in Jesus we can be in your presence and we can worship. And, and uh, God, we want to proclaim worth to you. Uh, we want to be free. We want to be free from guilt and shame, Lord. And we want to um, be free from anxiety and all of that and live in the abundant life that Jesus offers because of his blood shed on the cross. I, I pray that we would leave here today understanding that a little more, what it means to live, live in freedom, that the Son has set us free. Um, so we are here as we are, God. Thank you that you are faithful not to leave us that way. We pray that your spirit changes us and comforts us and encourages us this morning. God, we love you and we need you in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we, uh, we thank you for Jesus. Uh, God, we thank you, uh, God, that your blood has covered our sin. Uh, the death of your son, uh, God, has paid the price. And God, as we, uh, we look this morning uh, at your word, God, we pray that as we read your word and we hear your words, God, that they would impact us, uh, that they would cause us to examine our lives, uh, cause us to look uh, at our own lives as, as we pursue the things of God, as we pursue the kingdom. And God, that God, we'd just be drawn to you. Uh, God, that we'd want to look more like Jesus. Uh, God, that we'd want to impact the, the world around us uh, for your kingdom. We pray these things and we ask them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to, to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're continuing our series in 1 Peter. And <clears throat> what I'll tell you about really all of 1 Peter is it really gives us a, a blueprint of what 
and how to live the Christian life. But I look specifically as we look and we start in verse 11 today and you go to the beginning of chapter 4. I mean, these, this is how to live holy and godly lives. So I would encourage you, uh, not just what we talk about here on Sunday mornings, but as we go home and we go throughout our week, this is an awesome passage to study, uh, begin to dive into and see how we should live and the things which we should do as we pursue the things of God, we pursue the kingdom of God. So let, let me read for you here in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 11. It says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are set uh, up by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slave. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. I love the beginning of this as it talks about Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, foreigners and exiles, it's a reminder to us that this is not our home, right? I, I tell my wife all the time, but my favorite part of the day is coming home and just hanging out with her, just being there, being home. There's nothing quite like being home, is there? Right? Even we go on vacation three or four or five days into it. I'm always ready to be home, and maybe I'm just a little bit of a homebody or whatever, but there's this feeling of there's no better place than being home. And what Peter wants us to remind us is, hey, guys, you know, here, right now, this isn't our home. Our home is not here. We are foreigners. We are exiles living in this land, and because of that, we need to live different. We need to live like, you know, I'm at home, though. Our lives should reflect that, hey, this is, I'm not home. But I'm going to reflect and my life's going to impact and show the world around us that I am living as if I am home. And so this is what Peter is calling us to live differently in this world. This is not our home. Don't get comfortable because this is not how God has intended us to live. It continues in verse 13. Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake for every authority, whether to the emperor and the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And here, verse 16, is where I want to spend our time today. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. You guys, uh, you guys anybody here big fans of the band Soup Dragons? No, no, no really? Man, I thought for sure. Okay, so... I remember my junior high days uh, back in 1990. They had a pretty popular hit. Is ringing a bell now? Yeah. Okay. So they had a they had a song. Now I'm I'm not gifted in singing, but uh, there's a song that uh, says, "I'll do what I want any old time." You guys know that song? And I'll do what I want any old anybody. <laughs> Mike's got me. You know, he he's my era. Okay. All right. So uh, clearly, it's. Uh, it's a pretty powerful song. But I, I, um, 
as I was preparing this, this week, I, I, that song kept coming to my mind. I have no idea. I was reliving those glory days, you know, in junior high when I weighed 70 pounds and the women were flocking. And, uh, so I was, I was thinking about this song, and it kept coming to my mind. I'll do what I want any old time, right? And it talks, because I'm free. I'll do what I, you know, this song. I'm free. I'll do what I want any old time. And this song kept coming over and over in my mind because as we look at what it is to be free in biblical terms and then we look what it is to be free in what our culture says and what today says it is to be free, you look at it, it's, it's a little different. And the problem is that we live in this culture and we're used to how the world defines freedom instead of how the Bible defines freedom. See, the world defines freedom just like that song. I'm free if I get to do what I want any old time. I'm free if I can do what I want. Yet the Bible, what it says about freedom is a little different. Look at 16 again. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Uh, This is tough for me. Live as free people, but in the same sentence. Live as God's slaves. That that makes sense? Be free, be a slave. Be free, be a slave. Yet this is a theme, if you read the Bible, it's a theme throughout the New Testament. A theme throughout the New Testament. To be free is to be a slave of God. Listen, 1 Corinthians 9.19, Paul talking, he says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. I'm free, I belong to no one, yet I've made myself a slave to everyone. He goes on to say, and I made myself a slave to everyone so that I could win as many for the gospel of Jesus as possible. I'm free, but I'm a slave. See, for a follower of Jesus, we are free through submission. We are free through acts of service. We are free through obedience. We are free by being a slave. As Christians, our belief and understanding of freedom is in complete contradiction to what the world says freedom is. I'm free if I can do what I want any old time. That's not what the Bible says, is it? I'm free if I am a slave. So we have trouble with this because we see it all the time. I mean, we we recognize the definition of freedom and yet we, we read the Bible and what the Bible says of freedom, and, and they butt heads. They're nothing alike. What, what the world and this culture defines freedom as is in complete contrast to what the Bible tells us freedom is. So what we want to do is this morning, we, we want to look at what freedom is, what it brings to our lives, and then how we can begin to grow and live as truly free people. So as we look at, at, the, at the Bible and it defines people, and I want to read the verse again, live as free people, and the end of it, live as God's slaves. Peter is clearly telling us to be free is to what? To be a slave. That if we are truly free, and we are only truly free, because we are God's slaves. And it means as God's slaves, as free people, what are we free to do? 
We're free to love people. We're free to serve people. We're free, as Paul said, you know what, I belong to no one, but I'm a slave to everyone for one purpose, the gospel. I am free, and I slave to anyone for the sake of the gospel because I want to win as many people to Christ as possible. I, I quote this a lot. It's one of my favorite statements in any books, and as I was back in the office even this morning, you know, I saw on Nick's shelf, there's the book, and I pulled it off the shelf just to read, and it's The Purpose Driven Life. And at the, the beginning of The Purpose Driven Life, the first sentence, and, and thankfully Nick has this underlined, so it was good to see, it's, it's a simple statement, but I think it's so powerful. It says, this life is not about you. This life is not about you. When we think of being free and we think of being a slave to God, I mean, to me, knowing Jesus and wanting to live the Christian life, this is the most powerful statement for, that we could ever understand. This life is not about you. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Because that's different than what the world teaches. The world teaches, hey, I'm free, and I do what I want any old time, right? That's what the world teaches. That's what our culture believes. But the Bible teaches that this life is not about you. And if you want to experience true freedom, you want to experience full and abundant life, the sooner we understand that statement and the sooner that statement resonates with our entire being, the more we're going to feel free and alive. This life is not about you. I, I, how, much world, how much different would the church be if we understood this statement? How much different would this world be if we understood that statement? That instead of living for me and living for, you know, whatever I want, but we began to live and love and serve and be a slave to other people, what kind of impact would we have? It would be un incredible. It would be unbelievable, that impact. And I, you know, I mean, this could be the greatest prayer for my life. It's, you know, God, teach me. Teach me that this life is not about me. Because isn't it so easy? We go through our lives. We go through our everyday activities. Who are we thinking about? If I'm honest, I'm not thinking about you. No offense. I, I tend to think about what's going on in my life. I tend to think about what I'm doing. I tend to think about my worries, my problems. And I, Paul, I think Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives us such a great model. Look at all of his prayers. Who is he praying for? Do you ever see Paul praying for, God, you know, help me out of this circumstance. God, do this. God, do this. Not that he maybe never did pray like that, but what was his prayers? Who were they for? They're always for other people. God, that they would know and they would understand and they would grow in their depth of knowledge and their love for Jesus. He was always praying for other people. And I look at my life and my daily activity, and I'm stuck on Kyle way too often. I'll freely admit that. But what if, what if there was a transformation? What if I truly understood what it was to be free? What I truly was to be a slave to God and a slave to others as he's called me to be? What if I truly understood this life is not about Kyle. Would that be, would that transform me? Would that transform you? Would that transform the church? Would it transform our world? I think it would. That this life is not about me. And yet, so often, I focus on me. 
and I don't want to throw you under the bus with me, but I'm guessing that many of you, I'm going to do it anyway, right? I'm guessing that many of you are in that same boat, right? That we focus on ourselves and we think about ourselves so often. This life is not about you. Now, we have trouble understanding and, and really grasping this idea of what a biblical definition of freedom is. It's a struggle because the world can, it's always telling us, I'm free to do what I want. I'm just going to keep singing this. It's going to be in your head for all week, any whole time. It's what I want, what I want. L- listen to, here's, here's the dictionary definition of freedom. And I just started rolling all the freedom, uh, all the definitions of what it is to be free. The state of being free or at liberty rather than in confinement or under physical restraint. So it's, there's the option, right? I'm either free or I'm constrained. I'm restricted. Exemption from external control, interference, and regulation. So nobody else is controlling me, right? I'm doing my own thing. The power to determine action without restraint. Again, I can do what I want because nobody's holding me back from doing it. And then the last definition, personal liberty as opposed to bondage or slavery. So I'm either free or I'm in bondage or slavery. So we see how the world defines it, right? We see how the culture defines it. That there's no, there's no middle ground here. It, I, I'm either free or I'm a slave. I'm free or a slave. Yet, what does Peter say? I'm free when I'm a slave of his that that's when I experience true freedom. It's not one or the other. It's not, okay, I'm, I'm either free or I'm truly constrained and restricted from my life. But I'm free when I'm a slave. If I'm serving someone or I've made a promise, I'm not free, right? That's how the, the world's going to look at it. That if I make a promise or I'm serving or I'm a slave, then I'm restricted. I'm re, I, I, I'm. I'm restricting what I can do, so therefore, I'm not truly free, right? We hear that all the time. I'm restricted. And our modern understanding is the more options I have, the more choices I have, the more free I truly am. So if there's no one over here holding me back, or nothing over here, or no one, then that just means I'm more free. But the Bible contradicts that. The Bible tells us, that everyone, everyone is a slave. See, it's not, hey, either you're a slave or you're free, but the Bible says, listen, everyone is a slave. The question becomes, what are you a slave to? Am I, like Peter is calling me to do, to be free is to be a slave of God, or am I a slave of something else? There's no middle ground. I can tell you right now, wherever you are in your life, you are a slave to something. The question is, what are you a slave to? Romans 6 tells us, be a slave of self or a slave of God. No middle ground. Even look at the first commandment. What's the first commandment tell us? You shall have no other gods before you. See, either I'm your God or something else is. But there's no middle ground. There's no I'm free or I'm a slave. 
I'm a slave, but what am I a slave to? No other gods before me. All of us live for something. And, and think about that and, and begin to ask yourself that question. What, what is it that I am truly living for? Because I'm living for something. There's something that is first in my life. There's something that is highest priority. And if I look at my life and I ask the question, okay, if that thing is taken away, how's it going to impact my life? If my family, and, and these aren't bad things, but if the, my family is my highest priority and I lose my family, would I be able to go on? Would I be able to carry on? What's my highest priority? If the Cyclones lose, what does that do to my day? If you're a Hawkeye fan, you've got a whole other issues. But what does that impact? It's easy to let those things become priority in your life. Now, I'm preaching to myself right now. My family, the Cyclones, my job, how often and how easy it is, I'm motivated. Okay, I'm in sales. I'm motivated by the next sale. I don't want to get the next sale. I want to keep going, keep going. And my wife can tell you how that impacts me and it impacts my family because I can so easily make that first in my life. I can so easily make that the priority in my life that if I lost it and it wasn't there, what would it do to me? As I studied and went through this, I mean, this, this spoke to me because, I mean, this is me. This is my struggle. And I'm sure many of you feel the same way that it's so easy to make other things in your life a priority. Am I free? Because true freedom is to be a slave of his. I, I think of this idea of freedom, that no one is truly free, right? Now, we may think we're free, and we look at the world's definition and say, okay, I'm free, but when we truly look at it, there's always restrictions. Now, you know, you can think of someone who needs to diet, well, don't, don't think of them now and don't nudge your husband or anything like that. But we can think of maybe somebody who, who maybe needs to die, right? And you can go to the doctor, and the doctor can tell you what? Okay, we need to change our diet a little bit. We need to maybe exercise a little bit. we got to change it. Well, now, me, as the person that maybe needs to go on a diet, i got to look at my life and, okay, say, you know, I can be free, and I can sit here and eat anything I want, sit back on the couch, drink a little bit, eat a little bit, just chill out, don't exercise, and be free, right? I mean, that's some freedom. Well, the reality is, you're restricted one way or another. I can be restricted now, and I can say, okay, I'm going to change my diet, and I can eat these four foods and not eat those 20,000 foods. That's one choice, okay? I can begin to exercise a little bit, begin to work out a little bit, and so... Okay, that's, eh, maybe there's not freedom, there's restrictions in that. Or I can be free and do nothing. The problem is, what happens now, a little bit down the line, when I've lived that free life? Am I a little restricted now, here down the road, when maybe my body is not what it once used to be? Maybe my health is not what it used to be because of my actions here. See, there's no freedom I'm either, I'm either restricting myself and there's constraints right now or I'm going to do it later. And now maybe my quality of life's not the same. Maybe my, my life won't be as long as it could have been if I had acted here. But either way, yeah, okay, it may seem like there's freedom. All I'm doing is delaying, really, 
what the restrictions are going to be. So we can say that there's freedom, but the reality is it doesn't exist. You're restricted here, you're restricted here, either place. So how does this uh, relate to our spiritual design? I heard this story, I liked it. Thus I will share it. There was a fish, and he was swimming in water and living his life and doing his thing, right? And he was just kind of going and doing his thing. But he felt restricted, felt constrained a little bit. He wanted to be out on the land. So although he was swimming and he was living and he was doing his thing in the water, he said, you know what? I'm tired of this lack of freedom. And so he jumped out into the land. What do you think happened to that little fish? Well, he starts gasping for air. He starts flip-flopping around, and he starts literally dying. So what he viewed and he had seen as freedom, man, if I could just get out of there and jump up on that land and, and live a little bit. But see, he missed it. Because for him, true freedom is when he was in the water. He was truly alive when he was in the water, swimming at his maximum speed. He was in his existence. He was as life was intended to be for him when he was in the water. And so although it looked like, hey, if I could jump out of the water, I can do my thing on land, that's freedom right there, baby. His true freedom was in the water. When he was restricted to the water, he existed in his greatest state. He was free, and all his potential was realized. There is a God, and he has created us for a purpose, and he has created us for himself. And when we realize what this means for us, that our true water for our soul is to be a slave to him, to be in his service. That when we feel fully alive, when we are in the existent and the way we were created to be is when we're in his service. When we're serving him, when we are a slave to him, that's when we are truly alive. That's when we experience life and life to the fullest. And so many times we're like that fish, aren't we? I am. I don't want to be constrained. I want that true freedom. So I jump out, and I find myself flipping and flopping and gasping for air and dying spiritually because I'm not the place where God has intended me to be. I want to find myself there. I want to be in the place, and, and that happens when I'm serving him. If God is our main hope and happiness we are becoming more free. And we'll see people all the time that will do this, right? You know, I, I want nothing to do with God. I want no part of him. You know what? I prayed one time, and I asked God to do this, and he didn't. Or I saw God do this, or I saw God do that, and I want no part of him. You know why they say that and why they do that? It's because they've, they've put something ahead of God. Something else was the priority over God. And I may have prayed, God, you know, deliver this, and God didn't deliver it. Well, what were they doing? This item that they were praying for, this thing that they think God didn't deliver, 
Well, that was in a higher priority than God. It goes back to the first commandment. No other gods before me. The reason they want nothing to do with God because they've already put something over priority in their life. If there is anything you are hoping for more than God, you are like that fish in an alien environment, gasping for air, flopping, gasping, and dying spiritually. So what's it look like for us? Uh, I've shared this illustration before. Uh, Nick talked about it recently, but it's this idea of a bond slave, right? Uh, it's the word doulos. And when we see doulos, it's this idea, what it means is a bond slave. And a bond slave was somebody, if you look at my dad, and let's say my dad was born, is a slave. Let's say he's a slave, he has a master. I like where this story's going. So let's say he's got, he's got, he's got his master, I'm born. And because at the time I'm born, he is a slave, guess what I am? I'm a slave. I'm born into slavery. My whole life I have been a slave. That's my master. Well, at some point in my life, the master comes along and says, Kyle, you know what? I love you. I appreciate all that you've done. And I don't have to do this, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to set you free. And so here I am, a slave. I've known nothing but being a slave. I've been a slave my entire life, but I look at my master and I say, Master, you are incredible. You are great. I love you. Thank you for all that you've done. And now, although I've been given the choice at freedom, I say to my master, I want to remain a slave to you. Given the choice at freedom, a slave my entire life, I say, you know what? I'm going to remain a slave. And so they take your ear, they drive a stake through your ear, and then they'd fill it in so you wouldn't every time you saw somebody with that in their ear, you'd recognize them, that that's a bond slave. Someone who, given the choice at freedom, had said, you know what, I'm going to use my freedom to be a slave. Exactly what Peter's talking about. I am free when I choose to be a slave of his. That's what true freedom looks like. And there's several things that true spiritual freedom is going to bring to your life. Here's a few of them. First of all, true spiritual freedom will bring, will give you freedom from uncontrollable enslaving emotions and desires. Christian freedom keeps us from having those desires overcome of. It's one thing, okay, it's okay right? It's okay that I love my wife. It's good that I love my wife, not okay. I mean, you know what I mean, babe, all right? It's good that I love my wife. It's good that I love my kids. It's good that I want to excel at my job. It's okay that I cheer for the cyclones. None of those things are bad. They're all good things. Where's the problem? The problem is when those things become first, when those things become a priority in my life, and it's easy to do. It's easy for those things to become a priority. And so what true Christian freedom allows us to do is not allow those things to become a God and an idol and priority in my life, but it helps me keep these things in check. A freedom, freedom, true freedom allows me to do it. It's okay that I enjoy those things. I love my wife. I love my kids. That They're a priority in my life, but not the priority. That only him is the priority. 
Number two, it frees us from the fear of circumstance. Many of us in this room, I guarantee, struggle with this sense of worry and anxiety. We struggle with the unknown. We struggle with fear. And what true freedom brings us is a chance to overcome that. I think of people who have lost something significant. If you've lost a spouse or you've lost a child or you've lost a parent or whatever it might be, what did that do? When I see that person in the coffin, does it end my life? Am I done for? Am I ruined? If they're my highest priority, then yes, it will do me in. But if he is my highest priority, then I can overcome. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's not a struggle as well as it should be. But when he is the priority, I can overcome. I, I remember when uh, Joe Paterno was forced to retire from football, and I was sitting there having a conversation with a couple of my friends about it, and a whole, obviously a whole tough circumstance. But I looked at that guy's life who refused to let go of his job, that that was all he lived for. He was an older gentleman at that time, and I told my friends, I said, I guarantee he's going to be dead in six months. And he was. He was, because I recognized that here's someone, and you see this often, people who are so driven by one thing and they lose that one thing. It was their whole life. It was all that mattered. Their life doesn't matter anymore. And, and you saw that with him, is that that was all he was about, and he lost it. And he was no longer in good health, and his life went, and he lost it. And we see that because people put so many things above that priority. They become a slave to those things, and it ruins them. It ends them. True spiritual freedom allows us to say, yes, those are good things, but my highest priority is God himself. My highest priority is being a slave to him. The third thing is it, free, it frees us to know what love relationships really are. And God has created us for those things. I uh, have a friend, and I saw the statement that they made this week on Twitter. That's where I go for all my deep thoughts. It said, the feeling of freedom never gets old. Feeling of freedom never gets old. And, and I know this person's backstory in their life, and once were married, and, and now they're not, and, and all these things. But I read that statement. The, free, the feeling of freedom never gets old. Now, God calls us, some of us, to, to be single. He calls us to be single so we can, what? Not have more freedom, but we can be a slave to him, and we can serve, and we can do more, and it opens up more opportunities, absolutely. And so he calls us to that life. But if it's a feeling of, ah, this feeling of freedom never gets old, we miss it, don't we? Because God has created us for love relationships, not just in marriage, but outside of marriage as well. Proper love relationships. God has designed us for that. And the reality is, when I say, you know, it's all about freedom, it's all about me, it's all about my time, it's all about my doing, what is that? That's going back to what I was saying about Rick Warren, right? This life is not about me. It's a, it's a selfish statement that, hey, I'm, I got freedom. I can do what I want. And there's nothing restricting me. There's no, nothing holding me back. I'm going to do what I want any old time. Selfishness is the antithesis of love. 
And if you've been married, you, you know marriage teaches you a lot about being selfish, doesn't it? Man, I've been married 15 years, and I can honestly say about each year gets better. Wouldn't you say, babe? I, I, I know I have to say that, but it's true. But I look back on that first year especially, and that first year was terrible, awful. I mean, you know. Uh, but I, the, the, the truth of it, I learned a lot about myself. I learned how selfish I am, and I still am, and Karen could tell you that. But marriage teaches that thing. Being in those love relationships teaches it. They're not always easy, are they? They're, they're, they can be difficult at times. But it gives you such a picture that on, on one side, okay, there's freedom in the world standards, which is really selfishness. And then the other standard, there, there's love. There's service. There's slave. There's thinking of others above yourself, putting others above yourself and their interest, which is how God has intended us and designed us to live. That's when we're like the fish, right? And we're swimming in the water, realizing our full capacity, realizing what a full and abundant life is really all about. It frees us to know what love relationships really are. And I think if you're like me uh, and you're honest, you, you don't really feel free from all those things. As I was looking and studying, this is uh, one of my favorite things about speaking is studying and seeing how bad at the stuff I really am. And as I was looking and reading through it, I'm like, man, there is so much to learn. And if I'm honest, I don't feel free. And if I want to grow in what Christian freedom is, I think there's a couple things that I want to leave you with. And the first thing, if I, if I want to grow in this idea and this concept of Christian freedom, because I, I realize that I got a long way to go in it. And if I want to grow in it, I think the first is, I don't want to be afraid to make promises. Don't be afraid to make promises. Promises in love relationships, whether it be my spouse, my friends, my family. Promises in church, right? God has designed us for these things, those relationships within church, even a relationship between leadership and being a member. God has ordained and put these things in place in, in all these relationships that we learn how to serve, we learn how to submit, we learn how to do all of these things. God has put us those things in place so I can say, you know what, am I living a life of freedom or am I living a life of selfishness? Am I living a life that, you know, I'm holding myself back? God has put all these things in place. So I encourage you, God has ordained it that way. Don't be afraid to make promises. And then finally, as we think about taking the bread and the juice if we want to grow in this idea of freedom, it's simple. Look at Jesus. He has given us the ultimate example. The Bible tells us, therefore, since Christ suffered in the body, arm yourselves with the same attitude. Because Jesus, his body broken, his blood shed, because of this, he is armed. He has given us this example. Arm yourselves with the same attitude as Jesus. Jesus Christ was completely free, completely free. And what did he use that freedom to do? 
to serve us. He emptied himself and became a man. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave his life up as a ransom for many. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Jesus. And God, we know as we look to grow in freedom, the greatest thing that we can do is we can look to him who gave us this example of what it is to what it is to truly be free. And God, thank you for him who gave up his freedom to serve us, to go to the cross. He emptied himself. He became nothing. He was obedient to death, even death on a cross. And he didn't come. The one person who should have been served gave us the great example, came and served us by going to the cross. God, as we take the bread and the juice, remind us of this great act that he has done. And, and help us, as we look at what he's done, to look at our own lives and grow in this freedom that you've given us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. Uh, the, the challenge that uh, I would leave you with is, as we look at it, I, I am free when I'm a slave. And my challenge would be, jump in the water, right? Just like that fish, jump, jump in the water to, to experience true freedom experience life and life abundant is to say I'm free when I'm a slave of his. We're going to sing a couple more songs together, but let me pray first. God, we pray and we ask that you would help us. God, that you would send your spirit to guide us, to lead us, and help us understand what freedom is. God, that we are free, we are truly alive, we are living the way you intended us to live when we are a slave. Help us to say in the words of Paul, God, that we are free and we belong to no one, but we choose to be a slave to all because we want to see people come to know Jesus, come into a right relationship, understand the redeeming power of Jesus and the life that he gave up on the cross. We ask it and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.